Welcome back to another edition of the Two Pad Stack, episode 11. We are back and better than ever. Uh, my name is Ryan. This week to my left, as always, my co-host, my companion, Justin. Justin, say hi. Hello. We're back. Very short break this time, only a week. It's like we're back on schedule. But uh, I consulted Justin. I said, we need to do another podcast ASAP because number 10 blew a big fat bag of dick. I couldn't say I didn't listen to it. I did, and it was deplorable. I wanted to vomit as I listened to it. It was terrible. So we're back for uh, number 11, pushing into the double digits now. Now, you saying you need to vomit, or you want okay. you want to vomit, is that foreshadowing mm-hmm. for something later to happen? Maybe. Could be. But uh, we're back. We're going to put that atrocity behind us that we did last week, and we're going we're gonna to get out there, and we're going to give it our all this week. You know, we're going to. I'm going to fucking hammer this one home. It is 11-11, and it's episode 11, so it's got to be our best one yet. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And today is also Veterans Day, so I would like to take a moment and a heartfelt thank you to all veterans out there from the two-pad stack. Yeah. I mean, they give the ultimate sacrifice. Just their... I'm not saying the people who've died, but just in general, willing to give their time and fight for everybody who's not willing to do that so it's pretty awesome what i think justin's trying to say is thank you for your service yeah um that is our heartfelt thank you to all the veterans out there uh so hopefully everybody's out uh having a good veterans day uh if you're off work yesterday i know justin was i was not but hopefully you had a nice friday three-day weekend for some of you and just remember that this is the day that we remember the veterans or not remember them but honor them so it's not about drinking and getting drunk, Justin. Yep. Okay, so now that we covered that, we are going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going we're gonna to fucking get in it. Balls deep. So the first thing we're going to start with on this fresh new episode is last week's pick'em results. Justin, take it away. I think that we're going to enjoy the results here. So last week, there were a total of... 13 games, I believe. That's correct. Now, we had, I think we had five or six different picks. We had a lot. We had a lot. Like, one of the most we've ever had. And it turns out that I was a benefactor on most of those matchups. Mm-hmm. So, with an impressive record of four and nine, we have Ryan Cuckman. That's right. He only got four games right out of 13. Mm. I didn't do a whole lot better, but at least I had a winning record above 500, seven and six. Let so me what tell does that you. Mean? What does that mean, Ryan? I don't know. What does it mean? <laughs> that means that you get to take a shot of your favorite liqueur. <laughs> so, so first of all, I'm not happy with the start to the season. That was pretty deplorable. Four and nine. But the good news is I can only go up from here. Mm-hmm. Started from the bottom. Now, hopefully, I'm going to go higher. You know. And uh, the second thing is I forgot to recall that there was a certain liquor sitting <laughs> in the refrigerator that I should have I should have removed. But Justin, of course he picked it. What was that? Had to. What was that? That's Fireball. Yeah. See, I am I am about the least Fireball fan that you'll ever meet. It makes me want to vomit. Just, ta- just the smell. That fucking smell. Because it's not like Tennessee Fire where it's like cinnamony. Like, this is like a weird cinnamony. Ugh. My stomach just turned thinking about it. It's like an antifreeze cinnamony. It's fucking disgusting. God damn it. 
You want to comment on the shot glass you chose too? Uh, yeah. So I, there was a cardinal shot glass, a shot glass with turtles, and then I seen this clear one. And at first I thought it was a shotgun shell because it's got the ridges at the bottom there. <laughs> and then I learned that it lights up, so I had to pick it. So there's a little button on the bottom. It's a PBR shot glass. It's clear. And it's got little blue and red and orange lights at the bottom. That's pretty sweet. It makes me want to have a seizure. Yeah. I didn't even know it did it either. And I walked in and he goes, hey, look at this. Clicks it. Fuck, turns on. I go, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's fucking neat. All right. Down the hatch, I guess. I don't want to do this one. God, I fucking hate this shit. How do people like it? I used to back in the day. As would I, and I drank like... Same thing as UV Blue. Too much of it. That's the same thing. Yeah, the same thing happened. Jason Aldean concert. That's, I that's drank like half a fifth. Taste of aversion, right? What? That taste called taste aversion. Whenever what? something happens to a food, you don't like it anymore. I think that's called taste aversion. Okay, professor. All right, I'm going here. I did go to college. Hmm. Mm-mm. Tried to put the cap on the shot glass. <laughs> that was gross. It's not so bad when you drink it because you can't really taste. <laughs> oh god, it's gross. <laughs> it's more of the aftertaste, right? It's the aftertaste Which, that gets you. Just you guys can't see, but he was a little bit of a bitch. He did chase it with coke, and, I probably... and he is continuing to drink coke right now. <laughs> vomit if I don't. I hate that. Dude. <laughs> I was also so much out of it, I damn near tried to put the fucking cap on the shot glass instead of the Coke bottle. That was gross. Yeah, like I said, it's not the it's not the like the shock of taking the shot, it's the aftermath. The aftertaste is god awful. It's like somebody fucking sh- like ate a handful of Red Hots and then shit in your mouth. Like, so the Red Hot shit is in your mouth, so it's like not like really Red Hotty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's long and sure. convoluted, but it gets there. Okay, now that that's done, um, allow me five to ten minutes to vomit, and we're going to get this going. So, um, first thing we're going to dive into, and this has been a hot topic among fans, and I frequent, um, even though it's not as good as it used to be, I frequent the post-dispatch, stltoday.com, um, on Fridays at 1, Oh, that was not pleasant. Fridays at 1, uh, Jeff Gordon, not the NASCAR oh, racer. <laughs> I was going to say, I love Jeff Gordon. He's my favorite NASCAR driver. Not the NASCAR up. racer. But the PD uh, writer, Jeff Gordon, he covers the blues, he covers uh, some other shit, but he took over for our um, idol, Jeremy Rutherford, when Jeremy left the post. Uh, he took over Jeremy's Friday Blues Chat. So Gordo's been running the the Blues Chat, and I tune in every once in a while. It's not as good as when JR used to do it. It's still not bad, but I hate. I don't know if you've read any articles lately, but the new um, beat writer for the Blues on the Post-Dispatch is... Uh, is Jim Thomas? Jim Thomas. He's not good. I haven't. Well, well, he, I mean, the guy's good. new to hockey. He did the Rams. He did the Rams, yeah, but he's, just his articles are just real rigid, and I don't know. I love reading Jeremy Rutherford's shit. He was a really good writer. Tom Timmerman's pretty good. Tom Timmerman does a blues article here and there. But uh, Gordo does the chats, and I've been... I always kind of browse just because I'm bored or whatever. And, uh, lately, it's been constantly, like... 
it, it's comparison to the Cardinals and Giancarlo Stanton trade rumors with like Derek Gould and his chats. It's hey, when Bo Meester comes back, who gets out of the lineup? Is it going to be Dunn? Is it going to be Bortuzzo? Is it going to be Gunnarsson? Uh, are they going to send Dunn down to the NA, or AHL? What's Prosser going to do? Like, it's really a hot topic. Is what happens when Bo Meester comes back? So I wanted to talk about it a little bit and give my two cents on the matter. Um, and I'm sure Justin has his own opinion formed. But I just want to want to lay a little bit of background here. So, J. Bo Meester goes down in the preseason with a, what is it, a fractured ankle? Yeah. Something like that. He's been out since. Uh, he's skating. However, there is some pain still associated with that ankle. So, it'll still be a little bit, but not too terribly long from now. He'll be back. Um, and I would say... Out of the six defenders that are playing regularly right now, there are two on the chopping block. Two have their minutes decreased. Just this is just by this is not my opinion, but just by proxy, the the last pair is the, on the chopping block to have their minutes decreased and be replaced for Bowmeister, and that would be uh, one Mr. Robert Bortuzzo and the other uh, Vince Dunn. So, just some background to get us set in stone here. Vince Dunn has came up. He's done a hell of a job. So, uh, 17 games he's played. Has two goals, no assists. But he's a plus seven, which is outstanding. Outstanding. And he's averaging 16 and a half minutes uh, average ice time every night. It's hard to find anything bad with that. Um, he's not scoring a ton of points. But that's not a big deal. But, I mean, he's a plus seven is big. Especially for defensemen this early in the season. I mean, that's that's pretty big. Pretty big margin. I don't know the stats, but I would assume that most of the Blues defensemen have a decent plus-minus just because they're scoring so many goals. Well, we'll go with the captain, Petro. Petro currently has a plus-three. Ah. So, I think I think he has plus-three. I thought I wrote it down somewhere, but I can't find it now. Oh, plus-seven. Never mind. I lied. Petro's plus-seven. So, I mean, he's on pace with Petro, so that's pretty good. I mean... To, to see your defensemen all having positive plus-minus, that's that's good shit. So we'll go over to Bortuzzo now. Played just as many games, 17. Uh, he has one goal, two assists, so three points. So one more point, one less goal. And then he is rocking a plus-three for 15.49 worth of average time on ice. So I think Bortuzzo's playing really well, too. Uh, when I look at the Blues defensive lineup, it's hard to find anybody not playing well. Even Gunnarsson, he's chipped in. He's got three goals, and he's been playing pretty well. Petro is obviously playing really well. Edmondson and Pareko, same thing. Um, so you look at the core of the defense, and it's like, what are we going to do when Bowmeister comes back? That's a good problem to have. It's a very good problem to have. Uh, whenever you posed the question, the first two names that came to my mind were Bobby Bortuzzo. Mm-hmm. And Carl Gunnarsson. Yeah, I would and that's... prefer to see Vince Dunn left in because he's done a fantastic job. Not saying that Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo haven't. I think Bortuzzo's done a pretty darn good job. Gunnarsson's been okay. I don't think he's been anything spectacular. Um, so that's why I might be leaning towards maybe bumping him out of the lineup. So my opinion on the matter is I absolutely agree. I think Dunn should stay there. He's uh, he's playing really well. He's moving the puck, dude. He... he is one of the better defensemen at pinching in the offensive zone. I've seen a lot of times where Dunn will jump up, pinch, 
on the half boards and that puck stays in the zone and creates chances. That's really good to see. Um, I think Dunn should absolutely stay. And, you know, at some point in the season he could tail off a little bit and have a little bit of a struggle. He's still a rookie. The, the kid's young, younger than us. And uh, it might happen sooner or later, but... Yeah, I would I would try my best to keep him in the lineup. Bortuzzo has been playing really well. He plays a good defensive game. Hard to take him out, but I agree. If it came down to two names, it would be Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo for me. Um, I think it probably will end up being done just because he's a rookie. I don't think so. I don't think so uh, at all. I, I think Bortuzzo will end up playing seventh man with Prosser. We'll see. What I would actually want to do, or uh, they won't do this, but... It wouldn't even be bad to flip Gunnarsson for like a, because he's control. He's really cap friendly. I think his contract's like two, two million, two four, something like that. And I think he's got what two years left on his contract. So you could flip him for maybe like a fourth round pick. I would or package him because then what happens when you get an injury? Then well, you, you have Prosser and okay. unproven. Prosser's played in the league for a long time. Okay, as a seventh man. Yeah. What's the thing? You it's better a th- keep thing that's gonna happen. seven decent defensemen, and but you're one of them is just going to sit. Well, Prosser can go to the minors. He's not going to be you're not a big deal either way. The minors, though, then you can waive him or trade him. You're not going to do that he's either. Not, he's not the big deal. The big deal is keeping those other seven guys. And to I me, just, it's a mistake if you're trading one of those guys. Because then, say two of your defensemen get hurt, then you got Prosser and some guy coming up from the minors who's unproven. You're just going to have to platoon defensemen. You're going to have to work Bortuzzo and Gunnarsson. Yeah, you just rotate them, depending on who's playing better. Yeah, I want I want Dunn in the lineup, though. I think it would almost be nice to see Dunn and Petro stay on the top and put Bomeister with the other guy, either the Gunnarsson or the Bortuzzo, and keep Edmondson and Pareko together. Or maybe even put Bomeister with Pareko. I don't know about that one, but um, I agree that Dunn should stay, though. But it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be something to talk about when it actually happens, when Bo Meester actually does come back um, to see who goes in, who goes out, what they're doing. You can pretty much guarantee Prosser is going to be the odd man out. He's going to be on the back end, but yeah, I guess we'll see. That's about all I got. So, uh... There's that. Uh, let's jump right in to one of our most famous segments. Would that be the, the uh, Stone Cold Stunner and Two Beer Salute? So this week, um, I did the Stunner last week. Justin did the Salute. So flopping rolls for this week. I get the Salute. He gets the Stunner. And I'm going to let Justin go first this week. Uh, this was a tough one in terms of the Blues. I don't think anybody really deserves a Stunner. I was leaning towards maybe the Blues' effort or lack thereof in part of the game against Arizona. Um, however, I have a much more important issue here. Now, this is a company and a brand that I love, but this week I learned what? to. I learned to. I I was a little angry with them. Huh? Bush Light. Okay. So they have this wonderful program. Bush oh, Bucks. Boy. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. So I've been, you know, if you buy a 30 pack, you get, uh, I guess, I think it's 25 points. Um, no, you get 50, you get 50 for maybe. a 30 pack, 18 packs. For... Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you buy beer, which Bush Light is a brand that we all 
All drink. Endorsed by the show. Yes. So naturally I'm thinking, okay, this is cool, because I'll, I'll earn points for just drinking beer, like I normally do. Alcohol. And you can use it to buy things that are bush related. So like, you can for redeem instance, your I redeem my points for a bush, bush-like koozie. Sort of. And they've got hats and shirts and stuff like that. So I've been saving up, this has been a couple months now, I've been <laughs> saving up for a bush light lawn chair. Okay. <laughs> First, everybody starts using this program, so they run out of stuff. Okay, so yeah. then it takes them forever to restock it. Yeah. Then they restock it. Okay, the lawn chair's back up. All right, but I didn't have enough points at the time, so I'm getting closer and closer and closer. Finally, I get enough points to buy the lawn chair, and then I click on redeem, and they're out of stock. Okay, <laughs> so I'm already pissed there. Then there's like a duffel bag for like an extra whatever hundred points that I'm closer to. So I'm figuring I'm just gonna get this duffel bag because I got an old one from grade school. <laughs> okay. So I go last week or oh, the past week and I check on, and all of the items on the website have been jacked up like 500 points. Oh so the, shit! So the T-shirt that was like sixty dollars is now six hundred points. No fucking way. Yeah. And there's only like five items on there. The like the, the you know the Kevin Harvick tire or whatever that was like two thousand points is now like seven thousand points. Holy Everything is jacked fuck. up. And so I was pissed. So I sent them an email. Oh yeah. damn! Uh-huh. Can I see your manager? Can I <laughs> see right. your manager? Well, I sent an email saying that I was pissed, and a lot of people are. I looked on their their Twitter handle just to see what people were saying, and everybody's like me is pissed that number one. They're not restocking the stuff, and number two, they jacked up all the prices. So something which would have gotten me, so I have like 500 points, which was very close to getting, like I said, a lawn chair or a duffel bag. Now that gets you a t-shirt that a week ago would have only been 60 points. So essentially, and if you're thinking, if you do the math, if you buy a 30-pack of Bush, it's 15, 16, 17 bucks, depending on where you buy it, and it's 50 points. So if a shirt is 600 points... That means you've got to buy 12 30 packs. That means you're spending tons of money for a t-shirt. So they royally effed everybody over who used that program. So I am pissed at Bush Light. I didn't know that. The only reason I'm drinking it right now is because I had 30 left in my fridge. Um, So I'm pretty pissed when it comes to that. So I might not be buying Bush Light for a while or any Anheuser-Busch products. Holy shit. unless, Unless they fix it. I didn't Which even they look, won't. I, didn't look. I haven't looked. Their, their peace offering, when I sent an email, they said, we're very sorry, but we'll offer you a free 100 points, which does no good. Ha! So. Well, they should have they should have thought it out a little better when they started the program. Because you sign up, you get 100 free points. That 100 free point, there was what? Koozies were 22. Yeah, a t-shirt was 60 80. Yeah. yeah. So they fucked up from the get-go. Like, like, like giving I, you I understand points. if they, they miss interpreted how much how many people were going to use it but then you need to back it up and restock the stuff and just eat eat your own mistake instead of jacking up everything so people can't oh. buy stuff man i'm glad which is I, ridiculous glad i got my two koozies when i could i still have fucking like 90 points yeah, though. i've got like 500 points and i'm not gonna be able to use them sucks. so i'd be pissed yeah i was man, pretty i was sucks. i was pissed enough to send an email to bush light that's pretty pissed. Yeah. 
That's nuts. I had no idea. I haven't looked forever. I was going to order something. Well, see, I just check every week or so to see if they've restocked, so to see if they've got a lawn chair back. So back <laughs> if I'm, I just want my goddamn lawn chair. <laughs> That's I worked sh- hard for that. <laughs> That's what you should have sent in the email. Just give me my fucking lawn chair. That's what you should have sent. So, well, damn, I'm glad They I deserve my... a big-time Stone Cold Stunner. Oh, shit. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I'm glad I got my two koozies. But I'm sure they're getting all kinds of emails, all kinds of shit for that, which they should. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. All right, well, that was enlightening. Yeah. Um, Justin. I'm just heated talking Justin's about Justin's fucking mad. He's heated. I was. I was very mad. In fact, this was, it was, I think it was Tuesday whenever the Blues were playing. During, during intermission, I looked and I was like, you know, I'm going to see if they're in. Oh my god, a t-shirt's 600 points now. Fucking stupid. <laughs> Calm down. No. Drink a beer. Drink some fuzzy I can't, beer. I've got bush light. There's fuzzy navel <laughs> sitting right in front of you. Alright, go ahead. Okay, so this is going to be a really tough transition now. Thank you, dickhead. Because I didn't know you were talking about that. Um, So I have the two-beer salute this week. And here um, at the corporation of the two-pad stack... We like to keep things light. We like to keep things fun. Uh, I like to make people laugh. Justin does as well. But this, I'm going to have to get a little bit more serious about. And this is not going to be the most fun topic in the world. But it's it's got to be talked about and it's deserved. So, <clears throat> today my two-beer salute, which I should do a two-part two-beer salute. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, actually. I'm revising what I'm going to do. <clears throat> I'm doing a two-part salute. The first part is just going to be quick and easy. It goes to all the veterans out there. Thank you for your service. Um, here's to you. But the second part, not so easy, not so quick. So this salute is going to Ariana Dugan, um, Ari, as most people know her. She was a little girl, uh, she's 11 years old. She was diagnosed with neuroblastoma at age 3, which is a... Uh, form of childhood cancer. Uh, it's a nerve tissue cancer. Start usually starts in the adrenal glands. Kind of moves all over the body. Really has, unfortunately, has the uh, opportunity to spread really easy. And it's seven percent of children with cancer have neuroblastoma. And little Ari was diagnosed with neuroblastoma at three. So she um, was a big blues fan. Huge blues fan. She ended up meeting Vladimir Tarasenko through uh, kids or uh, hockey fights cancer event that was put on, and she she and Tarasenko kind of hit it off, and Tarasenko made sure he always kept in contact with her and uh, just tried to take care of her and show her fun times and whatnot because he's a super good dude. If you've ever read up on Vladdy at all, he's very very giving, humanitarian, um, awesome for the St. Louis area to have. But he met little Ari. At the Hockey Fights Cancer event back in February, Ari turned 11, and on her 11th birthday, she visited the Blues locker room, and during that visit, uh, Tarasenko invited her to fly out with the team for games in Arizona and Colorado, so she joined the team for uh, kind of a little West Coast swing, not West Coast, but Western trip. She was with the team the whole time. I mean, I saw him. I'm sure you saw him, Justin. There are videos posted everywhere. Uh... Her experience with the trip, you know, all the players, just hanging out on the flight, hanging out in the locker room, 
doing all this stuff and it's really really awesome to see but at you know at the same time it sucks because there's this little girl so full of life and she's ridden with this cancer and uh unfortunately today Ari passed away she passed away this morning uh pretty much all over everything if you're on twitter facebook or whatever it's hard not to see it especially if you're a blues fan you follow blues fans everybody's talking about it uh it's it's kind of upsetting i mean it sucks to see cancer sucks especially with such a young little kid that had so much life you know so much promise ahead of her uh not fun to see so that's why my two beer salute is for two juice box salute is for ari um, for her family, for her friends, everybody that knew her. Hopefully, their grieving is eased, and uh, they can remember her for the little bit of life that, unfortunately, a little bit of life that she had here on Earth, and all the memories they made, and everything like that. So, unfortunately, I had to take a sad note, but uh, that is my salute this week. You gonna cry? <laughs> no. So next, all right. So off of that, we'll get back to all the fun stuff. Uh, so, I wanted to talk about, more about the third line. Okay. So last week we harped on it quite a bit, I think. And I want to harp on it some more this week. Uh, it seems like this, the last couple games, it's been Yashkin, Sunquist. What did you just do? Hmm? What did you just do? I burped without opening my mouth. Okay. Um... The last couple games, it's been Sunquist, Yashkin, and PRV. Uh, it seemed like they're doing all right. Um, not the best, but they're doing okay. I still, I've watched, kind of singled out um, Sunquist a couple times just to watch him, how he plays on the ice. He's playing on the second power play unit, which is fucking baffling. But man, I just don't, I don't really like his play. I think he's playing on a third line, shouldn't be. He should be a fourth line player. Um, but Blues have problems. Blues are definitely in need with some help. I think so. I mean, if you just look at their third and fourth line, if you look at the roster, it leaves something to be desired, for sure. Where in years past, they've had, you know, three really solid lines, and then we talked a lot about, a lot last year about the fourth line being the best line in hockey. Yeah, they don't that, have that fourth line anymore. That is no longer. And then the third line is lacking as well. I think we talked last week about how Berglund, uh, as much crap as he gets from everybody around St. Louis... He is a big piece that's missing that's going to make that third line basically a stable, uh, solid line that you can depend on. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's uh, It just sucks. It sucks that the bottom six are so unproductive. Like, I did some research just to see how how much production the first line is. The first line is fucking killing yeah, easily probably the second best line in NHL right now, behind the Stamkos, Nemestikov, Kucherov line. That line you can't even touch that line. But the the Shen Stasny or Shen Schwartz Tarasenko line that's a hell of a line. They are currently leading, basically leading the NHL plus minus in terms of lines. Uh, okay, I had it wrote down here somewhere and I can't fucking find it. Anyway, I believe... Oh, here it is. Tarasenko is a plus 15, Schwartz is a 14, and so is Shen. So that's pretty damn good. 
I mean, that that means they're pumping out goals, and they're not letting any in, actually, to be honest, and uh, that, that's awesome to see. So that, that line's giving you the production you need out of that line, if not more. It's hard to say they'll be able to sustain that. No. They won't be, um, but it's nice to see that, and hopefully it continues somewhat. But here's the deal, okay? Here is the the cause for concern for the Blues, the production outside those three players and Petro and Edmondson. So outside of Schwartz, Tarasenko, Shen, uh, Petrangelo, and Edmondson, the next in goals, Gunnarsson has, or sorry, Stastny and Saboka have four. Gunnarsson has three. Brodziak, Payarvi, Dunn have two. And then everybody else is one or zero. So you can see the meat of your production is coming from Petro, Shen, Schwartz, Tarasenko. That's where you're getting your assists, your goals, your points, your plus minus. That, everything is coming from them. So you could throw Edmondson in there too, but right. that's not going to last. No, that's not going to last. Um, five goals for him, that's big. I would be shocked if he got to 12. On I'd the be shocked, honestly, if he got to 10. Yeah. The guy had, what, one goal last year? Yeah, but he's I mean, getting solid. You could get, tell he's... Get five more, but... You could tell he's playing with so much more swagger this year. The dude is confident. Just the defense oh, in general. Man. They're all jumping up in the play and pinching. That's why they're leading. I think they're leading the league in terms of defensemen scoring goals. He scored that goal against was it Arizona when he was parked in the high slot and just fucking mm-hmm. buried one. Like you don't see that a lot. Like everybody was like, "Oh, Nashville's defensemen score so many goals and so many points." Yeah, well, they sit on the blue line the whole time. I don't really see them activate too much. But I think Yo's really pushing the whole get the fuck up there and get something done, and it's working. And I mean, that's awesome. It's good to see. Speaking on that, I'll segue off into this, is looking at uh, defenseman stats in the entire NHL. Petro has been leading forever, but he got passed up by John Klingberg. John Klingberg has scored 18 points. Petro has scored 16. However, this is another thing that gets you. Klingberg's a minus one, and like I said, Petro's a plus seven. So uh, it's hard to say anything bad about Petro, what he's playing. He's he's having a Norris-type year already, and hopefully it's sustainable. But then you also look at goals for defensemen. Petro has five, or seven, and then that's first place in the NHL. Leads all defensemen, and fucking probably a decent chunk of players, too, with seven. Yeah, I think, I listened to the game the other night, I think they said he's top 30 in points in all players. Yeah. So he's got seven goals on the year already for defensemen, and then in second place, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk has five. Brandon Monitor with the Anaheim Ducks has five, and then Edmondson's up there in second place, tied for second with five goals. So two of your defensemen are tied in goal lead, or, well, top three in goals, and then, I guess top four in goals, and then Petro's, you know, number two in points overall. So what you're getting out of your defenseman is really awesome. The production out of Petro and Edmondson is awesome, but like I said, it's it's the Blues need to spread the wealth a little bit more and not rely so heavily on those five guys. Um, so that sucks. It sucks to see that happening. Uh, and e- even more to dwell on that, in the NHL overall in points, you have Stamkos has 30, number one in the league. Kucherov has 29. Goudreau has 22. And then Schwartz, he has 21. Fourth, fourth in the NHL points. So he's having a hell of a year. Uh, doubt it's going to be sustained. No. But, like I said, it's just again, you, you cannot rely on these five players doing that all year to carry the team. They're going to slump. You're going to need other people to pick up the pace, and uh, the bottom six really need to get their shit together. 
I agree. So, some some rumblings lately. Uh, there's a 36-year-old forward winger in the KHL. His name is Danis Zarpov. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I don't really know, but he's um, 36 years old. He was on Russia's 2010 Olympic team. He's played in nine seasons in the KHL, 603 games, and that's amounted to 254 goals and 311 assists. So pretty good numbers. Um, the Blues have been linked to Zarpov. Uh, I've seen a couple articles, a couple rumors that they approached him about, or his agent about contract talks to get him over here. Um, that's about it. Yeah. And I haven't really seen anything solid, evidence-wise. I haven't seen anything solid for weeks. <laughs> <sighs> okay, okay. Anyway, uh, I haven't... <laughs> uh, Justin's talking about <laughs> having the Rhea, if you don't know. Justin frequently has the Rhea, uh, which is diarrhea. Um... Anyway, I haven't seen anything that's like, for sure, Blues offered Zarapava contract. It's just all speculation right now. It's just all chatter. I don't know. Um, it's nice to see the Blues are out there looking for somebody. And I don't know if he's necessarily the best fit, considering he's 36, KHL only, so he's never known You know, the smaller ice on the NHL. That would be a pretty hard transition, especially at 36, too. That's pretty old. Yeah, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence, too. And then you look at what's going on uh, with other KHL players that have come over this year. Look at, well, you got you have one, um, Evgeny Dadnoff. He's killing it in Florida. He's doing fine. But on the flip side, you have Vadim Shipashov, the uh, center that was signed, 31-year-old center was signed to a, I think it was like a three-year deal, $4.5 million AAV by the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, he's gone already. Didn't even last, what, two months? They started him off in the AHL uh, for roster reasons. Brought him up. He played like four games. They sent him back down because he was fucking terrible. And he was an all-star in the KHL, one of the better players over there. And you just look and it didn't translate to the NHL, which happens. That's the risk you take. Um, so that's kind of one of those things. And I don't know, I'm just kind of leery about a 36-year-old winger coming over here and trying to play NHL hockey for the first time in his life. Yeah, and then you're taking away a roster spot from somebody you've got already over here. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, and, and like, uh, whatever his name is, Shibishayov with the with the Knights, he actually signed early retirement papers to get out of the NHL to go to the AH, or, uh, KHL. So, th- those Russian players, man, they're a fucking gamble. Any of them. Bringing Tarasenko over when we draft him or Kostin, they're all a gamble. Every one of them. Because they can just go, eh, I want to go back and drink vodka. And they're gone. They're gone. So that's kind of sketchy. Um, but it's nice to see Armstrong out there doing shit. I don't know. I guess I could see Army. I don't know if I would see it now. But I could see Army trying to pull off some sort of deal. But I don't know how he would even... Any kind of deal they have to do, it's got to be all prospects going the other way because you're not going to mess with any of the the top six guys or the defensemen that we talked about. You're not trading any of those guys. You don't have any 
depth forwards in the bottom six that are worth anything in terms of trade value. The only one would be Yashkin. Anymore, he's not worth anything either because he's been a bust for the first three years of his career here. Yeah, and I think I think now we're hearing about this, um, about Army approaching this guy, and I think we're going to hear a little bit more about Army trying to pull some moves to get some depth or to get another player for the third line is because of a huge blockbuster trade that happened this week, and that was the uh, Cal Turris, Matt Duchesne, and the Colorado Avalanche deal. Huge trade. Huge. <clears throat> John Patrigo would say, that was huge. Huge. Um, what happened was, if you don't know, basically it was a three-team three team trade between the Ottawa Senators, Nashville Predators, and Colorado Avalanche. Um in the end, the Senators get Matt Duchesne, Preds get Kyle Turris, and then the Avalanche get a fuck ton of picks and prospects. And I think the Avalanche killed it. Yeah, I think everybody was giving them shit for how they handled the whole situation, which probably wasn't the best. Right. Uh, but in the end, they got what they wanted. They got a, a really, really good return. They got a boatload of picks and prospects. And they got arguably the top prospect of the Nashville Predators, uh, it was like Samuel Gerard or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a defenseman, but he's ready to go. He'll play NHL minutes when he gets, to, or he's he's going to play NHL minutes for the Avalanche this year, and he's going to be a good defenseman. So that was a big prospect to get, and I know they got another one from Nashville and another one from the Senators. I, I think they made out really well for mm-hmm. that trade. I think Nashville probably got the worst end of it. I don't know. I mean, the fact that they got rid of their top defensive prospects not the biggest deal in the world because they've got a solid top top four already in their line that are signed for at least a couple more years. So in terms of defense, they're good. They did definitely upgrade. Turris, is, he's a good center. I mean, he's not elite or anything, but he's a solid, he's better than average player. And they did sign him to a six-year, six-million extension, which they might regret that. Uh, that might be a little hefty in the towards the end of his contract. But, I mean, they, they definitely got better this year. And probably the next couple years, I think. Yeah, so now they're solidified with Johansson and um, Terrace 1 and 2, even though Johansson's terrible this year. I think I saw his stats the other night. He, he's shot like 200, 200 times already. Maybe. No, it can't be 200. He shot like. There's a, no way that'd be over 10 a game. 10 shots a game. Yeah, that's average. Right. He, shot like 100, numbers. he shot like 100 times, and he's only put like 10 of them on goal. <laughs> Like, it's, it's bad. Like, it's Brad Boy's bad. Like, it's bad. One thing you do have to appreciate is the Nashville GM, David Poyle. Dude. He can wheel and deal, man. Yeah, he's he not afraid to let it go. Oh, no, he, he makes blockbusters. He traded Seth Jones. He traded Weber. Weber, yeah. I mean, he's he's after it. Yeah, he's always up to something. Yeah, old Poyle is And it seems it. like they always work out. Oh, shit. Yeah, the Subban-Weber deal. That was pretty even that deal, worked. though. I think that in the long run, that's going to benefit the press because Shea Weber retires early. Right. That's the only thing that'll that'll hinder them. But I don't know if that'll happen. Although I might prefer to have Seth Jones. If you're picking a player, I'd rather have Seth Jones probably than Johansson. But if you take into account the fact that the Preds have already a solid defense, he's ex- he's expendable. Think about if they kept Seth Jones. They would have Yossi, Subban, and Seth Jones. 
along with you know all their other key players. Yeah, Echol, but then you've got too much money Ellis. tied up in your defense. Damn, that's fucking. And then you don't have enough offense. That's pretty baller though. Seth Jones, Ellis, or uh, Seth Jones, Yossi, and Subban, and El- I, people might think that uh, Subban is the best defenseman on that team. I di- I would disagree. If anybody does think that, I think Yossi is easily the best defenseman on that team. Dude, that dude is good. That dude is hella good. Got the C on his chest now, uh, which it should be there. Man, that's scary defensive course. Scary good defense. They have that good D. They do, but the Blues are kind of saying, you know what? We've got that good D. We're gonna do that shit too. So don't fucking run away with it, Nashville. We're right here. Oh, the hell were we even talking about? The trade. Oh yeah, trade. I know. Well, we started talking about the third line. Boy, we got off. Then you started talking about the the thing that people are talking about. Zarapov. No. Then you brought up the trade. I don't know how you got on that topic, but I just ran with it. What's next? Um, I also want to touch on the goalies for the your St. Louis Blues. So getting some pretty damn good play out of our goalies. I'm gonna start with Jake Allen. So through today or up to today's game, Jake Allen has nine wins. He's got a 2.36 GAA goals against average and a .921 save percentage. Pretty damn good. Uh, I think his numbers are a little skewed because a couple of those games he's played, the Blues have gave up so many fucking shots. Like 40, 50 shots, that's too many. Um, so I think his numbers are a little off kilter, but I think he's playing really well. I, I see really well play out of him. I see heels on the crease, uh, really active in goal. Seems like every game he makes at least two to three like whoa. saves that he shouldn't. Yeah, like whoa, shit, that was a good save. Yeah, he seems like he's really finally fucking taking that starter role and just running with it, and uh, it's good to see. I mean, he, in my mind, has the ability to be top five goaltenders in the NHL if he's not close to there already. And he reminds me a lot. Who does he remind you? Because here, like him and one goalie, like I, I think you could put them right next to each other and they're pretty damn close, style-wise. I don't know. I think he reminds me a lot of Jonathan Quick. Mm, Quick's more like Minus on the, the fucking splits and shit, but just yeah. how he moves. Like the speed of which Allen can come from left post to right post or, you know, vice versa. I don't know. I just, when I get, when I watch Allen and I watch Quick, I think they play pretty similar. They're stand-up-wise. Yeah, he does. Quick does do the whole scramble on the ground shit, but I think Allen, I don't know, I just think they play pretty similar. And if Allen can do what Quick's done, then... That'd be nice. Pretty fucking happy there. It's about time. I'm just glad Allen... forgot to mention Carter. I'm, I'm getting oh, there. I thought you were transitioning to a new segment. You said... Yeah, go ahead. No, I'll go ahead. <laughs> no, I said it's about time that he's finally playing the way he is, and maybe he'll start getting the recognition he... He needs and he deserves. Because dude has been... He has such a background, such a record, a history. The, the guy's won, like, everything. Fucking World Juniors and this and that. And he's been the goalie for Canada for so many things. And he's a thoroughbred winner. And I, st- I still... To this day, I still say that when the Blues win a Stanley Cup, it'll be with Jake Allen in that. Mark my words. Let's hope. Just like when I was in high school, it was like 20, when the hell was I in high school? It was like 2010, 
I was like, hey, in five years, fucking Kansas City Royals are going to win the World Series. What'd they do? Won the World Series. I also predicted that the Edmonton Oilers would win it within about four years, probably five or six years ago. That didn't work out for me. That didn't work out. It worked out for, like, all my predictions work. I don't know about you. I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. Um, Okay, so now I will transition into the Blues backup. Carter? Carter. Cutting it with Carter. So, Carter Hutton, uh, turning out to be quite the tandem for the Blues here. Carter Hutton on the year. He's got four wins. Has not lost a game yet. He has a 1.72 goals against average and a 9.46 save percentage. That's a hell of a save percentage. 9.46, damn near a 9.5. That's impressive. Especially for a guy that sits the bench. 90% of the time comes in when they need him. He played four games he's played. Three of them have been on the road. Um, man, it's impressive. Impressive. I'm glad he did not get taken by Las Vegas. Yeah, it's turning out to be a hell of a duo for the Blues to run Allen and then give him a break with Hutton. I mean, you, it's huge when you can say, it's actually huge. When you can say, hey, Allen needs a night off, let's throw Carter in there and not be like, oh, fuck, here comes a loss because our backup's garbage. No, you put Hutton in there and you're like, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're fine. You know, he might as well just fucking play Allen. He's same talent level when he plays usually. So uh, that's awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm amped to see that. You never know. Might have another Jennings trophy coming to the Blues like when... Yeah, uh, if they keep playing the way they, they do. Like when Halak and Elliot tandemed it up that one year and won the Jennings, might have another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's super valuable to have a backup that's so proficient at what he's doing. Um, it's awesome. Is anything else would you like to add? No, I think that's Any good. Player stats, anything? Alright, so Justin is going to give you a rundown on Zist endings. Uh, in terms of the league, it's the same as it was last week. Uh, Tampa is number one. Blues are number two. Kings are number three. Tampa's got 28 points. Blues are only one point behind. And the Kings are three points behind the Blues in the Western Conference. Game in hand. Yes. Um I mean, Tampa and the Blues, they've been the two, and the Kings too. I mean, they've been the three best teams by far uh, so far in the league. So it's no surprise that they're at the top of the standings. Um, in terms of the division, again, Blues lead the division with 27 points. They're eight points ahead of the Jets. Uh, Jets are in second place with 19 points. Then Nashville and Dallas are tied for third with 18 points. Nashville's got the tiebreaker because they've played one less game. Uh, Colorado is next, then Chicago. Gotta love hearing Chicago second to last in the division. Fuck the Hawks. Then you've got Minnie is last place with only 14 points. Uh, they have played, played a couple less games than other teams. But, and it's still early, so I'm sure they'll, they'll bounce back. Colorado's going to fall to the bottom of the standings for sure. Uh, then I think it's just a, a cluster between pretty much everybody. They're all pretty even. In terms of many, Chicago, Dallas, I'd say the Jets, maybe Nashville is a tier above those guys, but I don't know. I, I just think Chicago's, their time has come where they're finally showing their decline after giving out their big contracts and having to give up players. Uh, they might make the playoffs, but they're not going to be dangerous, I don't think. Sod's cooled off a ton, too. Yeah. 
he came out the gate hot. And now he's like floundering. Yeah. Him, so. And I think it's only a matter of time for Minneapolis. I don't know why I called him Minneapolis, but Minnesota yeah. uh, bounces back and goes on a little bit of a run. I don't know about that. Although they've got Parise's out for a Parise's while. Parise's not been good in Minneapolis. He's been out and he's been hurt. <clears throat> not this year, but just all, overall since he's been there. Suter has been great, but uh, I don't know. I don't know about the Wild. They're pretty wishy-washy. But one thing I've been reading, uh, I always do like power rankings and shit online. When I see an article, I'll read it. I know ESPN had an article on the Blues, and it's every article I see about the Blues, hot start, they're like, Blues, one of the best teams in the NHL. Don't expect it to keep going. Damn, Gina. Like, why are you so negative? Every article, which I don't expect the Blues to be fucking 120-point team from win the President's Cup either. I don't think they're going to cool off that much. I'd be shocked if they got under 95 points. Uh I get where they're coming from because at the beginning of the year, if we were to pick who's going to win the division, I would not have picked the Blues. Oh, me neither. I so I think that's where they're coming from is don't expect them to be the stellar team. And especially, I mean, like we said, if you look at the roster, their third and fourth line, you're thinking, it's garbage. how are they doing what they're doing with the third and fourth line that look like the way they do? And so it's that, that first, first line, line. the defense, but... In the second line, I don't plays. think they're going to be able to keep that up all year. Yeah, they might win the division, but I don't know if they're going to be competing for the top spot in the whole league. Just the way these articles are wrote, it makes them sound like they're going to fucking Titanic. Well, and listen to who you said. It was by ESPN, right? ESPN, so yeah. ESPN they, they don't even know hockey wrong. exists. No, they don't. There's some article. There's some uh, journalist on there that writes all these articles. His name's like, I can't remember, like Greg W-Y-N... Wazinski like Winzinski or something. Yeah. That dude's a dumb fuck. That's that's who's writing these articles, and it's just whatever. They don't care about the NHL because they don't get sponsorships and shit from the NHL, and they don't have any deals with them to show games, and so they're not gonna care. But I, I just, I just, I don't know. I just got annoyed. Like, man, I'm tired of reading fucking negative articles about the Blues. It's like, oh, they're doing really well, but they still suck dick. Like, well, fuck you too. Um, okay, so off of that tangent. Tonight, the St. Louis Blues, or your St. Louis Blues, take on the New York Islanders. And tonight, I'm going to run through the lineup real quick, uh, just to let you know who's playing. Exact same it's been for the last two games. You have that super productive line of Shen, Schwartz, Tarasenko. Uh, You have the super good two-way line of Stastny, Sabotka, Steen in the second line. Third line stays the same with Sunquist centering PRV and Yashkin. And then the fourth line stays the same again. Thorburn in there again. Uh, Brodziak centering Thorburn and Upshaw. Defensive pair stays the same. You have Gunnarsson Petro, Edmondson Pareko, and then Vince Dunn and Robbie Bobby Bortuzzo. Tonight, Jake Allen gets the start. Uh, I would almost say that probably set Hutton. Eh, Allen might play again on Monday. The next game for the Blues is Monday. I think Allen might play. I'm sure because he just got a game off. Yeah, so Allen plays tonight though. So that's what you're, well, that's uh, what the Blues are throwing at the Islanders tonight. Last time the Blues played the Islanders, it was that weird one o'clock game on that uh, was that a Monday or a Tuesday? That was a Monday. That was I believe MLK. No, not MLK Day. Oh no, it was. was it, it was uh, not yeah. MLK. Whatever day. Was, uh, I was off for school, so I got Columbus to watch day. Columbus Day. Yeah. But uh, ended up playing New York. 
the Islanders to a shootout and won it in a shootout. So we'll see if they can take the uh, season sweep against the Islanders, go 2-0, and or the Islanders are going to get their retribution. One way or another. We're going to find out tonight at 7 o'clock, which is in seven minutes. Oh, shit, we got to get going. Okay, so last but not least, the pick'em. Justin, take it away. All right, this is exciting for me because we've got a chance for you to lose two weeks in a row. That means which has never next happened. Time, it's happened to me. To you, but never <laughs> to me. I've had a very good record. Uh, so let's go through. We've got twelve games. It looks like on the slate, two of them have already happened. Oh, We've got the Sens and the Avs. That one took place, I believe, Stockholm, maybe? Sweden? Somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere over there where there's Swedish, yeah, they like the Ikea. So I picked the Sens. I went with the Colorado Avalanche. You are already 0-1, sir. The Sens won. You didn't have to fucking tell me, guy. (laughs) Uh, Next, we've got the Oilers and the New York Rangers. I picked... Okay. Now go ahead. I'm going with the Rangers. They're hot. I went with the Oilers. Uh-oh. We're one and one. The Rangers hey, won that game. Dude, they've won like five straight. They're yeah. turning it around. Oilers, turning yeah, around. Just Oilers not, are skidding. Doing it here. They need a winger that can score because they traded away Eberle and now Strom sucks. All right, so we've got next the Leafs and the Bruins. This this one goes out to my boy David Backus and his colon. I'm going with the Bruins. I went Leafs. Next, we've got the Sabres and the Canadians. I went El Sabres. I went Canadians. Son of a bitch. This is not good again. God damn it. Next, we've got the Blue Jackets and the Wings. This is weird because one's a BJ and one's a Wang. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Which one do you like most? (laughs) I like BJs more, so I went with the BJs. (laughs) I can pick the BJs as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I feel like you know how Moon picks football games with the mascot. That's how you, yeah. you pick that. Well, one. it's a bird of prey, so it's <laughs> definitely gonna be. Oh god! Uh, next, we've got the Panthers and the Devils. Uh, hail Satan! I've got the Devils as well. <laughs> next, we've got the Wild and the Flyers. I'm gonna fly like an eagle. I got the Wild. Oh shit! There's another one. Uh, next, the Hawks and the Canes. Fuck the Hawks! They're gonna win though. I picked the Hawks as well. Next, Stanley Cup rematch, Pens and Preds. Rematch! Predators. I took the Pens. Predators at home. Next, the Canucks and the Sharks. You can go first. I picked the Sharks. Me too. Sounds like Sharks, so. (laughs) Next. Good call. We've got the Jets (laughs) and the Coyotes. I went with the Jets. I did too. The um, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, See, I Jets. thought I might have spelled it wrong, but I have it right on my paper. Okay. Uh, last, we've got the Islanders and the Blues. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Blues. blues. Okay. Homer picks. Uh, well, last week you went against the Blues and I did, lost, and it so. worked. I should have went against the Blues again uh, just to get the win. What's your tiebreaker? Um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, we both man, have eight. We did it again. <laughs> God, and, I even went high this week. And this time we actually have, I think, four different picks, so we could tie next week. Oh, whatever. So. I could change mine tonight. No, you couldn't. <laughs> I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think old Johnny T's going to net one because that's foreshadowing when he gets on the Blues next year. That's wrong. You're wrong. Not going to happen. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. we got a got a hell of a slew of uh, different picks this week, huh? 
Yep. Oh, we got the Leafs, Bruins. There's one, two. Sabres, Canadians. Um, uh, Wild, Wild Flyers. And Penn's Preds. Preds, four. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully we don't tie. How does that work? Uh, I think it just resets and we each take a shot. So you wouldn't have to take two. You just have to take one. That's kind of lame. Yeah. Well, if you want to take two, you can take two. Uh, well, let's see how I feel. Or we could... Uh, I don't know. Let's see so how we, You could settle the tie with the game of NHL. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Alright. That was our last item on our agenda. Yes, we have an agenda. Every week we write down an agenda. Yeah. Hard to believe. Suck it. Because it's so unorganized. We're fucking organized as shit, man. This podcast takes some effort. Even though it doesn't sound like it. Last week, good God, I just wanted to cry when I listened to last week's. That was horrible. Um, but anyway, it's not about to do it here. Uh, we're glad to come back and throw another one at you. Slap you around with 11. Solid, uncut. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did, you, did you listen to the Riz show? So we listen, I'm an avid fan of the Rizzuto show uh, on 105.7 The Point here in St. Louis. If you don't listen, you should probably listen. And they have a guy on there named Scott the Virgin. And he just set up, recently set up a Tinder profile and they were talking about what he should put on his profile. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. And Riz goes, all you gotta do, Scott, <laughs> is say, nine, uncut. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I about fucking died. I was laughing so hard. Oh, funny shit. Um, anyway. So we're gonna wrap her up here. and double bag it. Um, thanks for joining us for another two-pad stack. Hopefully this one was a little better this week. Because last week was pretty bad. Uh, uh, Lord knows when we're going to do the next one. Maybe next week. Never know. Never know. But uh, until then, I'm going to thank our one and only fine sponsor. They almost pulled out after last week. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Rantom Incorporated. Rantom, for all your animal bones, animal hide, nasty, stinky, animal dead bodies you need, call Rantom. Rantom, fuck yeah. They're going to love that. Thank you. We love you, Rantom. Your son's getting you a sweater. I mean, (laughs) never mind. He's not affiliated. (laughs) Extra large so it can fit your beer belly. Hey, we're having a... We're having a two-pad stack event. Come out December 16th to the 12 Bars of Charity uh, event in downtown St. Louis. We'll be, you, the two-pad stack will be on site. Signing autographs. Signing autographs. Um, butt cheeks. You know, anything Babies. you want. Babies. Yeah. <laughs> baby dicks. <laughs> Not a baby's dick, though. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like that. I mean little tiny wee-wees. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Uh, we're going to get in trouble. So, 12 Bars of Charity, if you want to do that, sign up now. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> you better end it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Justin, why don't you end the show this week? I'm just going to go sit over here in the corner. No, just cut it. Okay. Uh, that'll do it for the two pad stack. I might edit that part out. Uh, thanks for joining. It was neat. Okay. Go Blues. Bye. See ya.